0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Sam Carroll and Adam Jones as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And as ever, as it was on Tuesday, again today on Friday, plenty to talk about Uh, as first the Premier League, Gears up towards a return and obviously a significant story developing on that. But first, um, the sub- first subject of today's pod is the subject, or the main subject of Tuesday's pod. Uh, Jean-Philippe Gabamin, who we talked hopefully and excitedly about a return, maybe this season in this uh, delayed Premier League season, making a comeback and how it would be like a new signing um, earlier this week. He suffered another injury, uh, this time an Achilles problem. Uh, we'll have surgery next week and looks to be out for an extended period. Um, what was our reaction? I guess first when um, when the news uh, the news broke last night.
1: Personally, I I, I couldn't believe it to be honest. Like, it was one of them where you see it and you just think to yourself, "No, surely not!" Like surely there's some sort of mistake here. Uh, so surely some someone can't be that unlucky. But then uh, now, as it transpires, he has just been that unlucky, and you know that I think that's the only way you can really describe it is as just horrible luck for Gobabman, because you know, he finally got himself back into training. You know, he was speaking to the club earlier this week about how excited he was to be back in training. He was saying he was three or four weeks away from thinking he was ready to finally show off what he could do in an Everton shirt, and then you know, in a, in a sort of non-contact situation to pick up another completely unrelated long-term injury it's just it's just some horrible look for him and you know you can only hope that it's not going to affect him mentally as much as it's not good, like going to hopefully cause any long-term effects physically either so yeah it's just really horrible look for him and you know got, i've got my fingers crossed personally for him that he can uh he can pull through as as quickly as possible it's
2: as we said, so, so. As we said on, today wasn't it just like so exciting to have him back, and, you know, he spoke, and the club have put that out on, on their media, and, you know, it all just felt some, and everything, and, and now you just, it is like what Adam said, it's obviously just, it is just bad luck, but, you know, it it's tough now as well, isn't it? You know, we are literally going to get a player now, midway through next season, you know, at the start of next season, who has been out for 18 months after after joining, it's just, I've never seen anything like it and I think it really does make it tough now mentally and physically because when he comes back he's going to obviously be you know questioning his body you know he's only a young man. Uh, I think he had had a, a few injuries before all this but not to to the extent of what he's picked up and you know and, and especially with 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 injuries like the two he's had he, he'll obviously be a little bit maybe nervous and tentative coming back at the start as well so for him to to become a successor, ever now I think it has been made ten, ten times harder, and and it makes everything harder for Carlo Ancelotti and Marcel Brands as well because where we were hoping he might fill in in that midfield, then now we we almost certainly have to sign one if not two central midfielders this summer. So from all our positivity we we spoke about it earlier this week now it is just just sad. It's just so sad this, the whole situation.
0: I think um, I think obviously someone you messaged me last night to say say that this news had dropped. I think at first I was just thinking, oh, this is some sort of spoof. This isn't this isn't actually happening." But then obviously, very quickly yeah. realized that it was true. Um, <laughs> you know, these sort of injuries, I suppose, vary in timeframes. But how long should we do? We think is usual for an Achilles. What, what what's what's the perceived wisdom?
1: It's hard, it's hard to tell, isn't it? You know, you, you're looking at a few months at least, aren't you? You know, I've seen some reports suggesting that he could be out until 2021 if uh, if things don't go his way, which would be, you know, a, a huge shame for him. And, you know, it, it goes back to what we were saying on the uh, on the podcast earlier this week. You know, I, I still think it would have been a, a while until we saw him back to 100% fitness, even from his last injury, because he'd been out for so long, you know, almost almost a year out at this point already, you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, oh, he needs a few months to get back into the swing of things and especially to adapt to the Premier League, etc." That's only going to be made, as Sam said, even worse now that he's got another issue to try and get over another thing that's going to be playing in the back of his mind by the time he gets uh, onto the pitch again. And yeah, I mean, it, it must just be so frustrating for him more than anything else. Cause as you know, as, as we've said, he was so close to, to coming back, you know, he was, Three or four weeks away it, you know he was finally back around his teammates again and yeah they to to suffer another setback like this you know it, it's just the worst luck that he could have possibly imagined but as i said earlier you know f- fingers crossed he can just like put it mentally behind him as much as physically behind him, because, and then you know once he does get back onto the pitch hopefully he's uh, he's fit and firing and finally ready to show off what he can do
0: I mean, you know, there's been a lot of varying reactions, Sam, to, to these stories, and some people um, have gone so far as to, as to as to write Gabamin off, but are you confident that, you know, we will still, you know, whether it be the next next calendar year or, or whenever, we will still see uh, a Gabamin and, and the best of Gabamin despite this latest setback?
2: You, you can only hope now, really, can't you? I think to to pick up the kind of injury... Three and I didn't have to setback, back. You know that that was hard enough, and and to do to do it now, you know, again, a different injury. But to to have now another spell on the sidelines is I don't know. Obviously, when he does get back, it will be like a new signing, and then he probably will be given that that same opportunity, kind of thing, to to start afresh. But whether as Adam's saying, he can everything behind mentally and physically to do that now It is going to be tough and now I don't think he he might be the, even in, in, able to do it instantly, do you know what I mean? He has to adapt to the English game and stuff, he's played 135 minutes so far so we can only hope, we can only see uh, but I do think it's going to be very hard to, to see the best of him even next season now which is just so surreal to even say isn't it, that we might start the earliest you could probably hope to see the the absolute best from from a, a young player moving over to England now is going to be what the twenty twenty one twenty two season, which is just so so bizarre to 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 say, and for from everything he's been through already, is just is just strange, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. I think Carlo Ancelotti would have uh, reacted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably the same way that we all have a, <laughs> yeah. a, a certain amount of disbelief that somebody could be so unlucky. And you know, it, it's you know, as we've mentioned, like Gabaman's never had these sort of injury problems. I think he had. I think he played over thirty games in both of his previous Bundesliga seasons before he mm. signed for Everton. So you know, he's had you know, little niggling issues here and there. Every player has those, but yeah. you know, he's never had any sort of serious injury layoff like this. So to have two back to back, it's just. It is just incredible. I've I, I no idea what Ancelotti must have thought uh, when he when he heard this news. But I think his mind might have But, as, 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 it, as, it, but as you say, it was it's it's,
0: it's not even back to back. It's the within the back to back. There was <laughs> the initial injury, then the setback, and then the other setback, and now this. It's just. I mean, as we say, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd
1: have no luck at all. <laughs> well, that's it. And I think you know Angelotti's mind could have only surely turned towards the transfer window. Like as we've said previously many times on this podcast, you know, central midfield is obviously an area that we needed to strengthen anyway. But we always had in the back of our minds that Gaban would be coming back and that he'd be available over the summer, maybe, and then you know certainly into into the start of next season. We'd have thought he'd been an option, but now that's kind of been taken off the table. You know, he's going to be out for a good few months. You know, we we might not see him. Back and actually fully fit again until very late this year, maybe early next year. You're thinking to yourself, do we need another player to come in, in, into central midfield now? Do we need to try and modify the kind of player that we need to sign? It's just, it's just another issue well, that we just didn't well, need. Well, well, let's pick up on that point
0: then, because obviously we all understand now that the club, like every club, is going to be working under a different financial landscape, you know, different set of rules almost governing the window. Are we in a position, do you think, where we can go and sign two midfielders? Or is that now a challenge for Marcel Brands and, and Carlo Ancelotti to find that second midfielder on loan or even on the free? Or... Sam, what do you think?
2: Probably probably not. I think that that is the best we can hope for, to, to get a number one midfield target and then to hope that something might, might crop up on a... On a loan or a free, but you know it's not it's not where it's not words to fill you with confidence, is it? You know, hoping someone crops up, kind of thing. It's this really was a summer where we were hoping that between Ancelotti and Brands, they'd be able to piece together, you know, a, a pretty decent list of players and and land all all the targets that they wanted to. Um, you know, and if it is a case of just getting someone in who can kind of. Make up the numbers in the squad and, and and do a job. Maybe that's that's probably not going to be the the ideal scenario long term, but it's something that we might have to consider just just to have bodies in there, you know. And obviously, you know, you don't know what the future of Morgan Schneiderlin is as well. But we're, we're probably going to have to keep hold of him now, and, and you've got to hope that Fabian Delph can play a full Premier League season. So you know, we we are light in, in midfield. It's Only really Davis, who's who's been constantly. Uh, available this season out of the options so we do have to think about what what, what we're going to do in that position because I think apart from centre-back that's where we we absolutely 100% need to sign someone
0: It goes back to Tuesday's um, fantasy football debate about signing Idrissa Gay on loan
1: Well yeah I think that's that's definitely given us the answer now like if that if that was ever to come up then we'd have to snap him up (laughs) because I think we as Sam Mm. said we need we need the bodies, and we need somebody who's going to be reliable in there. And you know, Fabian Delph has had his injury issues this season. Schneidlin has obviously got his own injury problem at the minute as well. Gomez has had a long-term injury as well. If we, yeah, we really just do need cover in that position if more, if nothing else.
0: Well, let's let's take um, Sam's point about Morgan Schneidlin then, and I think it would be fair to to um, to say that he would have been one of the players that with 12 months left on his contract, the club would have been willing to listen to offers for or or willing to loan out or or whatever. uh, Does he now need to stay or does that not actually change anything? Does Goodman's setback not change anything with regards to to Schneidlin?
1: I think think it all depends on what our incoming transfer activity is going to be. I think if, if we were to sign perhaps two midfielders, then... I don't think much would change. I think, you know, if, if any offers came in for Schneiderlin, then we'd be more than willing to, to uh, listen to them. But, you know, as, as I said earlier, you know, we, w- we will have been planning for this summer and into next season to have an extra body in that midfield, essentially, in of somebody who is, you know, adept at playing in that defensive midfield position. You know, somebody who would have been a direct competitor to Schneiderland really, for his place in the squad. So with Gabamon essentially out of the picture for, you know, maybe the first few months of the season, I think it I think it leaves us too light in that in that position. If we went to sign somebody who could play in that position, then I think it leaves us too light. If we were to let Schneiderlin go, so I think his value to us just increases that little bit more. And you know, especially with the way the transfer market is anyway, you know, we might have struggled to get Schneiderlin out even if Gabamon was fit, and mm-hmm. you know, we were willing to listen to offers. You know, it's still still a player on big wages with a year left on his contract. And, you know, the sell-on value isn't going to be that high to us anyway. So it, it could have been a bit of a struggle to get him out anyway. So, you know, I, I, I'd be willing to think that it, it does kind of change things a little bit with Schneiderlin because, you know, he, he is he is cover and, you, you know, he has proven over the last couple of seasons, yeah, he can be a very frustrating player with his fluctuating Fluctuations in form, but if you can get Morgan Schneiderlin on the right day, he's a great player and he's a great asset to the squad. So, you know, if Carlo Ancelotti can finally be the man to try and hook into that side of Schneiderlin, then you know we might have a good player on our hands for the last twelve months. But as you know, as I've alluded to there, how many times have we said that on this podcast? You know, he's he's Indeed. such a frustrating player in that sort of sense. So, yeah, it, it, it's 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 just a frustrating situation in general like it's one that everton really could have done without going into this summer to be honest
0: the royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo sam if your uh, connection allows you to answer this question um (laughs) you you mentioned Delft, um and you know if he can complete a full premier league season What's your expectations for Delph for the you know for the final nine games and, and going into next season are you, are you hopeful that we can you know finally see this you know this experienced player that was um builders bringing leadership to to the club and to the squad do you think we can start seeing more of, of delf from now on I hope so,
2: I hope so because I, I was quite excited when we signed him. I think you know we, we signed him mm. for all the right reasons there was obviously the thing of, of Marcel Brands was looking to bring in, you know, a younger, more vibrant player. But I think the opportunity to sign a player of Delft's experience and caliber, and and you know the kind of leadership that we hoped he'd bring, it it was a package that Everton couldn't really turn down at the time. And I, I, you know, I don't think uh, he's performed badly even this season. And I, I, I know some, some fans haven't been uh, overly pleased with, with his performances. But but I think in in, in a lot of games he's been. It's steady, you know, but, but, but good at times too. Uh, but you, you do want to see that little bit more from him, it, certainly on the pitch. Mm. You know, it does certainly seem like he has an impact in training, you know, and he is vocal and, and things like that. But, you know, I think you want to see him maybe getting on the ball a little bit more. Um, and just because I don't think there's, there's not many times this season where you can say, oh, you know, that was really good when Delft done that. Or, you know, mem- remember that pass from Delft that made that goal? We haven't really seen much you and I think, you know, if you're playing in central midfield, you can't really be uh, that anonymous, and I think that's what we've struggled with at times a, a little bit, you know, obviously Gomez was unlucky with the injury, but I still think before that, Ian um, Schneider and Delph have all uh, been guilty sometimes of, of, of not quite com- coming up when we've needed them to, and not quite getting involved as much as, as you want them to, kind of thing, so... You no, know, definitely seeing more from Delft would, would would be a big bonus for us, especially going into next season when, you know, things might be tight. We might only be able to sign a central midfielder. We might not even be able to sign a central midfielder, and you know that's where you'll be looking to Delft to say, you know, you, you've won the Premier League, you've played in Europe, your, you're you're an your England international. Go and go and prove it to everyone because, you know, it's it, it's in times like this where you need your big players to step up, even at the towards the end of the season where we want to end on a bit of a high note under Ancelotti. I think he has a few kind of. Uh, I think Delph certainly does have a few doubters to to prove wrong don't there.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment in terms of he has doubters to prove. Just just feel like Delph, for all the kind of buzz about uh, about his arrival, it kind of just feels like injuries and maybe some social media exchanges has kind of gone off on the wrong foot with with, with some supporters.
1: Yeah, yeah, like. It's not. It's not gone perfectly. I think that's probably a fair way to describe it. You know, you look back at last summer and you, it, it probably was a little bit of a shock to see Everton sign Fabian Delph at the time because you know it just it, it could just come out of the blue. But you know when you sat down and looked at it, it was you know it seemed to be a very shrewd move. You know this is somebody with winner mentality, a lot of Premier League experience. You know to come into an area where we needed bodies uh, and. To be honest, uh, when I was watching Delph, especially in his first few games for Everton, I thought he was, you know, really solid. You know, a, a very good player. And you know, and I, I know it was only against Lincoln in the League Cup, but I thought in that game he was very good. Some of his range of passing well. was really good. He played well with Gomez against Wolves. I thought. Yeah, yeah, and that was, was that the game just after the Lincoln game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it probably was. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he, he did get off to a good start, in my opinion. and He he was bringing the kind of qualities that we needed him to bring. And then, you know, obviously with the the kind of form of the team, taking a bit of a slide, I think, you know, the form of in- individuals was always going to take a similar sort of dip. And, you know, it, it, it just so happened that Delph uh, fell into that category. You know, injuries didn't, didn't help. He didn't really get a clean run in the team uh, across that time. So... Yeah, I, I, I still think there's a lot that Fabian Delft can give. And, you know, if if people can put behind, you know, those little altercations on social media and what have you, then, you know, Everton will have a solid player uh, among their ranks there because, you know, th- the the main reason that we signed him hasn't changed. You know, he does still have that sort of winner mentality. He does have those leadership qualities that I think we desperately need to cross the whole starting 11 really so you know those qualities are still absolutely there you know if you can find you know a decent run in the team find a good good bit of form then you know he could be a really important player for ancelotti in the future
0: mm, absolutely yeah. really interesting about belf uh isn't it okay moving on um obviously it was bubbling under after the premier league meeting on thursday reports came out uh talking about 12 at-risk games that have been discussed has been having to play it at neutral venues, and uh, the head of football policing in this country, Mark Roberts, uh, has today been quoted as saying that yes, a small number of games would be in their plan behind, uh, sorry, at a neutral venue, of course, behind closed doors as well. And the understanding is that, as far as the police are concerned, that plan would include the derby. Um, Sam, a, a derby behind closed doors is bad enough, but a derby somewhere else in the country.
2: That's just madness,
0: isn't it?
2: Just don't get why it it have to be that way. Do you? Know what I think what one match report even said it could be in Manchester, which you know it's forty minutes in the car, isn't it? There'd be absolutely no point doing that. So <laughs> it's, as, it's as it's as you're saying that, or as me and Adam found out earlier this season: forty minutes in a Delta taxi, um, <laughs> it, uh, Christmas night before the game. Um, but you know, it's it's I don't know. It's just. It's hard, isn't it? Because there's none of that kind of, you know, and maybe rightly so because of everything that's going on in the background, but there's no, you know, when you're getting closer to a derby and the build-up tour and stuff, you know, I'm not really feeling excited towards the game or anything like that. It's almost just, I mean, as an Evertonian, you, you do just want to get the derby out the way sometimes, but there's just, I think madness is the right word for it. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. To play it behind closed doors, but it's it's something that we all have to accept, you know, to get football back, to get this season out the way, and then hopefully next season when we we can all, you know, join together in the ground again. You know, that's a sacrifice we we all have to make. But I honestly just it, it would make no sense to me why they would have to play somewhere else, Do you know. I, I just can't for life me see who, who would be going to stand outside the stadium and, and stuff like that. And, and I still think there's policing measures and stuff we could take to Ensure any anyone kind of who did for some reason do that w- would be moved on. You know that the game should be played at, at Goodison. You know, and, and that's that's the bottom line of it, isn't it?
0: Mm. Adam, what's your thoughts on on the potential for a uh, the Goodison derby to actually be played uh, somewhere else in the country?
1: I think I think it's fast to be honest. Like, I, I just I just don't see how that can be the case at all. Like, it's not as if know Everton and Liverpool don't have supporters who live elsewhere in the country if people really wanted to congregate outside of a stadium what's to stop them traveling to wherever this game is going to be played and congregating outside of it i just I just don't see i, I, I don't see what they're solving really by moving it by moving it to you know wherever they're even planning to move it to like obviously we don't know but if I just think it's going to cause far many more issues than it's going to solve. Surely, you can have some sort of police and provisions in place if the game was going to be taken at Goodison Park, like Sam says, to, be, to disperse any sort of crowds that would uh, crop up. But I just don't think there would be any crowds at all, really. Like, I don't. I don't understand the logic of wanting to stand outside the football stadium in this sort of scenario. So it just, I think the whole thing just absolutely baffles me. To be honest.
0: Mm. I mean, you know, the Premier League haven't really said a great deal about neutral venues um, on the record at the moment. But just trying to understand the logic, say, for you know, if the logic is that a Derby OK is, is you know, hyped up, etc. at the best of times. But of course, if it, if, it, if it is potentially a game which could have a bearing on, on when the title is decided... Is there, is there no sense of because it's so contentious? Is there no sense in in delaying the derby and saying no, we're going to play that, you know, at the back end of of, of this condensed season?
1: <sighs> uh, maybe. But then would you have to move the whole match week that the derby mm-hmm. is in? Essentially, yeah. because you know, you know, fixtures are, are, are decided in a very complicated sort of manner to try and yeah. To try and uh, avoid certain situations so yeah I, I i don't know even even then i, I don't think it it potentially solve much uh, like if, if if people are gonna if uh, just goes back to what i said if people are gonna crowd outside of the stadium then they will travel wherever <laughs> wherever they want to 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 crowd outside of the stadium and to be honest i just can't see in the in the current ca- climate and the way that, like the country is now like i know we're Gradually coming out of the lockdown, but you know, with the way the country still is now, I just can't see that there'll be you know a, a huge group of people who'll want to go and wait outside Goodison after a behind closed doors match, even if it was a Merseyside derby. It, yeah, it, it just yeah, completely just doesn't make sense to me.
0: So, Sam, do we do the, do the Premier League and the police just have to allow fans to? Um, tr- you know, trust supporters to do, do the right thing, if you like, and, and, and not sort of take take the, um, almost take that away from them in, in that respect, just, you know, trust supporters that they wouldn't congregate and allow the police to do their job in case any crowds do develop. Is that what, you know, should that be the, 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 uh, the eventuality here? I
2: think that's all you can do at this stage, isn't it? You know, obviously, it's probably a more difficult situation if Manchester City don't win their game and Liverpool can potentially, you know, God forbid, win win the league against Everton, and, and you know, I could see why there would be a fear the fans might want to celebrate and things like that. But I just can't, I, I just can't see that because you know, I, I do think that from even like, you know, when walk around the streets of, of town and 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 Anfield and Walton and and like that, you know, everyone seems to for the large part, be, be sticking to it. And I don't think you know Liverpool winning a, a title or Everton winning a derby or anything like that would change people's perceptions of that because everyone knows the, the, the score and seem to be uh, abiding by the government rules. So I think, yeah, I think trust is the key word there. They've got to do that because to, to play a game at Wembley or Old Trafford or Tottenham or Chelsea or whatever they're planning on, Doing this is, as I think Adam used the right word, that it's just a farce and it's just ridiculous, and I just would not see the point in in doing it.
0: Mm, it's interesting. You know, I, 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 the uh, before we before we started recording, uh, Richard Masters, Premier League CEO, had given an in, interview in to Sky Sports where he'd apparently said uh, a decision would be in the next seven to ten days, but ultimately, you know. It, this, the decision you would suggest rests with the police? Adam and Mark Roberts today saying, you know, their, their advice is that a small number of games take place at neutral venues. Is, is is your fear that, you know,
1: the die is already cast in that respect? I mean, you'd guess so, wouldn't you? Because, yeah, as you do say, that, you'd feel the decision would lie with the police. I don't know. You know, we can speculate that, you know, there must be some sort of provisions, but you'd have to think if he's if he's saying it then he's doing it for uh, uh, the right reasons and he's doing it to keep as many people as possible safe and you know if 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 it does transpire that it is, it is the most safe uh, and responsible way possible of doing it then i suppose we've we've got to sit back and comply with it it just it's something that i referenced on twitter before it'll just make the most strange Merseyside derby and living memory even more bizarre it's just mm. it's going to be s- such a such an odd occasion, anyway, to have you know these two rivals playing behind closed doors. To have that happen, you know, halfway across the country as well, it just be it will just be mad. So it, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens when the full decision comes off. Of
0: course, we should we should mention, of course, in the news from earlier in the week that uh, the clubs have decided or agreed upon a potential restart date. Of course, those delayed games, June the seventeenth, and then. The weekend of the nineteenth twentieth, uh, starting with the derby, of course, on that weekend. Um, fussy, you know, after weeks and months of us talking on podcasts about what might happen, it does appear, Sam, very much so, that uh, footy's on its way back.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's what we all we all wanted, isn't it, for for the season to be back. But with it being behind closed doors, it, it it's tough. But the, there's going to obviously be the. The Fontelli, I mean, it it looks great, doesn't it, seeing matches on two, three, four times a day in in some cases, which is going to be really exciting and almost a bit surreal to have Premier League football back. It feels like it's been gone for so long and because it just kind of cut out in in the middle of the season, it does now feel like we're almost in, obviously we're in the summer, but it feels like the summer for football, doesn't it? It it just feels like we're kind of, we should be starting pre-season again soon and the transfer window should be opening, so... The timings of it are going to be really strange, uh, and to see how everything plays out. I think you mentioned on the on the podcast, you know, last week or earlier this week to see even when the transfer window opens and there's so many more you know, we still need to determine promote relegation, we still need to you know, Liverpool probably gonna or certainly gonna win the league, who's gonna finish in Europe. So there's there's a lot to still play for, isn't there, across the Premier League. So it's good to have it back on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's a, there's a sadness that we won't all be going to, to Goodison and mm. but following Everton in, in the next few games. I think it's going to be tough for the people, those people out there who haven't missed an Everton game for, for years and years, isn't it? It's, it's, it's going to be difficult for them, but hopefully it's sooner rather than later that we are all back at Goodison. Mm.
0: Indeed, right, we, uh, we shall wrap it up there and uh, we will promise not to speak about Jean-Philippe Kabam next, uh, next week <laughs> for, for fear of uh, cursing him again. Um, so fingers crossed, good luck. good luck with the recovery. We obviously all hope that that surgery goes well. Next week, uh, chaps, thanks for your company and uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.